Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Uh, I had the recording app crash on me just a second ago, so you missed the first 58 seconds of gold that I spun. Um, Not quite sure what went on there, but here's hoping it doesn't happen again. Or at least that I notice it if it does. So, what was I saying? I don't really have a topic today. I could go for movie theater episode three, but I don't quite feel like that yet. So hold on to that one. I'm in, like, not a good... like I'm in a very neutral mood. I've got every reason to be in a good mood, but I'm driving to work. Which, you know, is not going to put me in a good mood. So I'm very... On the level, I'm very neutral at the moment. Um, the photo for today's episode, for like the three people that actually go to the blog posts, uh, I, you'll notice in some of the, uh, some, I've got like two, three photos I take for this podcast. Genuine, goofy, and faux casual. And that's when I go to take a genuine picture, but then look at myself too long, and I'm like, wait, I look weird. Oh, crap, now, I'm, now I look like I'm trying to look not weird. I gotta look casual. So I've got this weird, like, faux trying to look casual. And uh, so today's image is just kind of a, a, a goofy uh, exaggeration of trying to look casual. Um, it doesn't happen often, but I become just too self-aware of the fact that I'm taking a selfie for my audio diary, and then just, like, fucking, I get a weird panic attack and can't relax enough to take a picture of myself. Um, also, when I get into that mode, that is also when the, the, the MySpace looking away from the camera... Uh, pictures often happen as well. Alright. I had a a few mini topics. Um, I was going to eat a delicious apple on the way to work, but then I remembered I would have a microphone right next to my mouth, and I decided to save you guys the, uh, (laughs) the pain of listening to me crunch through an apple while speaking. So you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm really, uh, today is day one of not necessarily being back on the diet, but not snacking. Um, and by not snacking, I mean not starch and sugar snacking. Um, I'll allow myself to have a plum if I want to, you know? We's not Nazis. And, um... So yeah, so I mean, I'll allow myself to have fruit and whatnot, but I don't. I'm not going to eat half a tin of brownies like I did this weekend. I mean, granted, they were from my grandmother for my birthday. Yada 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 yada. But um, I find like I have this weird rationale that I get sometimes, where it's like, ah, if there are sweets in the house, I will eat them. I better eat them all so there are no sweets in the house. Like. 
that somehow makes sense in the moment sometimes. It's fucked up what your brain will do to rationalize things that you just crave. Um. Yeah. Let's see, what else? Oh, um, I'll talk on... I've had the iPhone 5S for a handful of days. And, um, I gotta say, I'm pretty... I'm happy with it. I'm very happy with it. Um... I think some of the really innovative stuff they've done, which is under the hood, you're not gonna start really appreciating until we get apps in the App Store that really utilize it. Such as the significantly improved processor and the secondary motion tracking processor. They offloaded all of the motion computations to a secondary processor to, um, one, help free up the main processor for graphics and, like, powerhouse stuff. Like, the, all the shit behind the slow-mo camera and the fancy-ass flash that's all possible, and that is all seamlessly integrated via the fact that it has a powerhouse processor in it. <clears throat> and, like, one thing they said, something along the lines of technology isn't fully utilized until it disappears, which, uh, that is a paraphrasing of a misquote, so just remember that. But basically, it's like, you've got... This the slow motion camera, it's you hit a button, you go to slow mo mode, you hit a button, you hit stop, and then you can. There's a little slider that you can choose which part of your video is in slow motion. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Stuff computers couldn't do just years ago, and it's instant and seamless. And that's what they're talking about making like what used to be, not too long ago, complicated things, effortless. And um, it's to the point where it's done so well and so effortlessly that it's tough to appreciate, that it's easy to not appreciate just what it is you're doing because people are like, oh, well, that's cool, it does that. But, like, because the phone isn't, like, straining under the effort to do such complex things, it doesn't feel like you're doing something complex. It feels like you're doing something effortless, which is great. Um, but, like, I feel like I have yet to fully explore the camera. And, um, just a word of warning, rich hipsters are going to be putting slow motion videos all over the internet for a while. For a while. I think the only reason we aren't seeing our Instagram feeds flooded with slow motion videos is Instagram has not updated to accept the videos as slow motion quite yet, to my knowledge. They just play regular speed. So... I, like rich hipsters is a, a big generalization. Like there is a there is a stereotype of the iPhone owner, which is a rich hipster. And uh, while I definitely do have hipster tendencies, I tend to uh, not have the bullshitty attitude. Um, well, some of the times I do. Whatever. I'll, this comes to it, 
the hipster paradigm along with the douchebag paradigm, I feel to truly be a hipster or a douchebag, you can't be self-aware. Like, hipsters do not think they're hipsters. The fact that I fear I am a hipster kind of negates the fact that I could be. That's exactly the same with douchebag. The fact that I genuinely fear that I am a douchebag kind of negates the possibility of me being a douchebag. But the minute I'm like, oh, I can't possibly be a douchebag, I'm in danger. So I don't think that fear will ever go away. But... The fact, like, you don't need to be rich to own an iPhone anymore. Um, because I've talked about the trade-in culture. Uh, I, I paid 12 bucks for my iPhone. Granted, I signed my soul away for, to AT&T for another two years. But you know what? I, no complaints so far. I've been with them since I've been, like, 16. Um, no complaints. Yeah, I drop call here and there, but who doesn't? What the fuck ever. It's only by the porn store on the mountain that my phone, my calls ever drop. So, I don't care. Whatever. And, um, yeah. Uh, words. So, like, once you kind of buy into the, like, as I, I don't think I've paid full price for an iPhone since my first one, just by selling, uh, just by selling iPhones and trading in iPhones and whatnot. Um, you really... It's set up in such a way that if you stay within the two-year cycle, you can pay off your next phone just fine. Um, and I, I hope that doesn't change. I hope that they don't start giving you less and less for your phones. Um, it may very well become that way. But, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um. Anyway. Words. Oh, yeah. iPhone 5S. Um, but I, I haven't gotten Infinity Blade 3. Um, the Infinity Blade games, for those who aren't familiar, are essentially... Um, Apple has paired with, uh, I think, Chair is the name of the studio that makes the Infinity Blade games. And, like, Infinity Blade functions almost as a tech demo. Like, they're like, hey, here's our new hardware. Get the fanciest shit you can out of it for launch day, please. And the thing is, like, I really enjoy the games. And, uh, quick summation it's um you're on rails and you just do boss fight after boss fight after boss fight and it's pretty cool i like it i dig it so i like there's that and like infinity blade i think came out with the 4s to show how fancy that was infinity blade 2 came out with the 5 and infinity blade 3 come out with the 5s and each time, their graphics have improved more and more. And, like, Infinity Blade 3, from the tech demos I've seen, um, is on par with early Xbox 360 and PS3 games. Not, like, the finalized ones. But, um, I mean, it's tough to tell on that small screen. But, I mean, whenever the next iPad comes out, that'll be the thing to fucking play that game on, because it'll be beautiful. 
Um, yeah. But, like, I, when I, oh, I didn't buy Infinity Blade 3 uh, right off the bat. I will probably wait till it goes on sale or goes free. Um, but I did remember that I never beat Infinity Blade 2. So I downloaded that, and it runs super quick, super fast. Um, it's still a beautiful game. So, I mean, there's that. And then I found something yesterday that is uh, very interesting, but I'm going to have to be a little vague about it because it's kind of in a legal gray area. It's not per se illegal, but it has not been clearly defined. Then that is the world of emulation. And uh, emulators, which is a pretty common term to those of you who, you know, listen to podcasts and are on the internet, is essentially a virtual console, which is a more modern term used by uh, actual console makers. But it's a virtual console, and it'll, and like, commonly you'll see it's old cartridge uh, emulators like Sega Genesis, uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, SNES, things of that nature. Um, and that, like, back when I was really, really into emulators, uh, that's those are the generations I had. But since I kind of fell out, they've also emulated, you know, N64, PlayStation, um, original. Xbox and PS3, or original Xbox, PS2, um, and the mobile, like, uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, uh, DS, uh, I don't think they have a, I haven't heard of a 3DS yet, so, like, there, it's really, it, the, the march of progress has not stopped, and here's, here is the, the moral legal gray area of emulators. It is not illegal to have an emulation program. That's not illegal. It is not illegal, uh, and what you put in the emulator is ROMs. Um, It stands for something I don't remember um, what it stands for, and I probably won't look it up. Google. You guys got Google. But the where... The law stands on ROMs is if you own a physical copy or if you've paid for the game, you are legally allowed to make a ROM of the game. Like if you pay for a CD, you're allowed to burn it to your computer so you can put it on your iPod. Like you're allowed to do that. So that is kind of where it stands. If you own a cartridge of the game, you're allowed to make your own ROM of the game. But then the sale and trading of ROMs is illegal. That is illegal. So that's kind of where the law sits. I mention this because I found a really interesting program that emulates Game Boy Advance games for your iPhone. Um, the makers also have a SNES, um, an original Game Boy, 
uh, a Nint- a Nintendo DS, which I'm not quite sure how that would work on an iPhone. I didn't really explore. Um, and here's the thing, because like, emulators are strictly forbidden in the App Store because of the legal the legal and moral gray area that they um, that they exist in. And like every once in a while, an emulator will sneak in. Like, I have an emulator on my phone that was officially put up through the App Store that was under the guise of a file management system. It was a program that you could connect to your Xbox, or your Xbox, your Dropbox, or your FTP server and view files. And that's the thing. Some of the files you were able to view were ROMs, and it would play SNES ROMs. And, um... And, it, and had the internet kept its goddamn mouth shut, it would still be in the App Store today, but, you know, and, like, had it been, you know, kind of get just like, hey, guys, go get this app, check it out, but keep it on the down low. But no, it got out, and there were news stories about it, and, like, that's how I found it, uh, Twitter. Uh, so, uh, someone tweeted about it, I went and grabbed it, because I knew, because as soon as Apple catches wind of an emulator on the Apple Store, boom, gone. But I got it, and I got it backed up to iCloud, so the app is mine. I, I, I can play, um, I can play SNES ROMs, um, on my iPhone. But this Game Boy Advance emulator, and like, one of the, the, the way I found it is, I have very much wanted to play Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. It is a Game Boy Advance game that I was having a lot of trouble getting a hold of. Um, a cartridge of, let alone a Game Boy Advance to play it on. It's the first in a series of four games, and it's supposed to be the best. It's supposed to be um, a very solid game, very funny uh, writing. It is supposed to be one of the best Nintendo games out there. Pardon me, I'm going to take a sip of water. I hope you didn't hear too much of that, because that would be gross. So, that's... I was kind of just Googling around. And, like, I found a cartridge. Like, I've, I've let people... I People have let me borrow... Like, people have offered to let me borrow a cartridge. People have offered to let me borrow their Game Boy Advance, but I haven't managed to get those two things together at the same time. And, you know... You get bored and you Google stuff. And I found this emulator that threw... And... I mean, and it is here... I don't want to know how much I want to talk about it. Um, Basically, Apple has enterprise settings, which allows businesses to make their own apps and push it out to all their employees. So... This emulator creator, who basically took someone else's emulator and wrote the code to install it on an iPhone, used an exploit in this system. And you can click on a link in a browser in Safari, and it will install an app via the Enterprise system. And uh, it involves some trickery and playing around with settings but it's all on the level. And that's the thing, like... 
like when you get into the world of ROMs and emulators, it's a pretty like the people who have stayed on this long tend to be pretty on the level. They tend to not want to screw other people over um, because there's they could entirely have thrown a Trojan horse virus in something like um, inviting an app like this into your phone onto your computer is a risk. It's, it's genuinely a risk. But in my experience, people who still do this, who still do the emulation, tend to be pretty on the level. They tend to, and especially ones that are mainstream, um, ones that contain viruses and or Trojan horse programs tend to get called out by the community at large and uh, you t- the red flags are put up. So before, if someone were to want to get into something like this, do your research before you install. That's when you're in the gray area of the internet, see what the internet's saying about it. That's just a good rule of thumb for anything. So, yes, through some exploits and some trickery, this application installs, and you can then put ROMs, which obviously you own the cartridges of and have made yourself, obviously, because that is what is legal, you can install the ROMs onto your onto the emulator and play them and I can attest that the Game Boy Advance emulator works very well and the ROM that I most definitely made myself of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga works great and I played it for a decent amount of time yesterday and Morgan sat on my lap and watched me and she said red guy green guy Red guy, green guy, red guy, green guy. To the point where she actually made me want to play. She made me play a little longer. Made me. Like a three-year-old could make me. She requested I play a little longer than I'd even intended to. And then we played with uh, her dollies. And um, for a, an hour. And me doing the little doll voice made me, uh, made, almost made me lose my voice. Um... But hey, it's imagination, goddammit, and I'm going to encourage that, for shit's sake. She watches plenty of TV, but it always pleases me to know that she... Like, I mean, the TV was on, but she decided it was time for Dad and Morgan to play dollies, which encourages me to know that we're, we're raising her right. Because imagination time is important. And something that should be encouraged. Any fucking way. But yeah, and like... The Game Boy games are meant to be played with tactile buttons. So... It makes me wish... I don't know, like... It makes me wish that there was... To get one of those, uh, like, arcade jobbers to add buttons and a D-pad to the side of my uh, iPhone 
and I, I would generally consider it if I knew it was supported. Um, and after doing, like, because I did research on this emulator, and that led me to find that there, it is currently, there is a, a big 2.0 being rolled out in the next few months that this person's working on, because as of right now, with the current uh, exploits used to install the application, um, you can only have one of his applications installed at a time. You can only you can't you either you have to choose. Do you want the DS emulator? Do you want the Game Boy Advance emulator? Do you want the SNES, the Genesis? You can only there's you can only do one at a time, um, just due to the way the exploit works. But he's working on doing a giant amalgam emulator that plays all of those ROMs. So you only need to have one application installed, and they're going to have a lot of custom skins, and it's going to support, like for the DS, a lot of things involve Wi-Fi, so it's going to support using your iPhone's Wi-Fi to emulate Wi-Fi connection with the DS, and like, some pretty advanced stuff, in all honesty. And like, for doing connections, like, you could connect to uh, other emulated DS's to trade Pokemon and things like that. Sorry, I needed another drink. The hair is starting to dry out this time of year. My skin is drying out. It's not a good time for me. So yeah, like there's... I found this thing shortly before the new 2.0 rolls out, and I'm very curious to see uh, exactly where it all goes. And uh, I will definitely be following this pretty closely. I don't know how much I will, air quotes, report. Because again, um, this is a very legal gray area. And um, that's why I'm not telling you the name of the app. You all have Google. You can figure it out. Um, And I'm not encouraging it. I'm just reporting my experience. And it's very interesting. Uh... And I'm genuine, and like in Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, there's a lot of jumping puzzles I am finding, and um, which is expected. It's a Mario game. Come on, jumping puzzles. It's part of the deal, and uh, it is. It's not impossible, but the difficulty is increased greatly by the lack of physical buttons. Um, and, like, as I, the more I play, the more I get, like, spatial memory of where the button areas are on the phone, but if I were to actually have physical buttons that I could feel, it would be far more intuitive, because, I mean, the game was designed to be played with buttons, not a touchscreen. That's the way it is. And it's funny how, uh, how quickly I've become acclimated to navigating things with the touchscreen because I'll be in menus and touch the things I want and like, oh yeah, I need to actually navigate the cursor to it because that's not, that's how this game was designed. But I talked about that a lot longer than I thought I would. But yeah, it's interesting. And I'm not encouraging it, but like people out there listening... There's a chance 
that people that are of my age or close to it were part of emulator culture as it rose. The, like, kind of the second generation of Super Mario Brothers players who played it on their their uh, Windows 3.1 machine, or more Windows 95. So it's interesting that, like, emulators are kind of seeing a re... A, a, like, I, they never went away. But I'm kind of ha- having a second, a second embracing of the world of emulation because now I own tons of cartridges because, like, it, that's a passion Aislinn and I both share. So legally, I am completely within my rights to make ROMs of those games and play them on an emulator. And I fully intend to. Because, you know, they're great freaking games. And so there's that. There's... Excuse me. My throat's really drying out. So now that, like, mobile phones are more powerful than the Windows 95 machine I was playing on, by, like, tenfold, it's interesting that I'm finding myself falling into emulation again. Because, you could, you know, it's like, oh, I'll play for, like, 10, 15 minutes, save my spot, and ba-doom, I'm out. I can play again later. It's, it's great. Uh, NES, SNES, Genesis, and then... Obviously, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance really lend themselves to being played on a mobile phone. And the mobile, like, the iPhone 5S is a powerhouse. Like, the DS was not a, was not a weak system. So, like, so it's going to take a more advanced phone to run it smoothly. But your 5S's, your 5's, probably even a 4S, will do it fairly well. And, yeah, so there, there is that. What else? There's one more little topic I wanted to talk on. Oh, oh. Um, being a pet owner. And, like, there are people who have a dog. And there are people who have a cat. But then there are people like my wife and I who are pet owners, who are pet people. We've got four cats, one dog, two ferrets, and a boa constrictor. Um, We're pet people. I didn't forget any, right? No. And when you are pet people, you kind of find yourself, and this is very interesting, you become amateur veterinarians. And what I mean by this is it is fiscally irresponsible to take your cat or your your pet to the vet every time it farts funny. When you have four, five, six, eight pets, you you wouldn't eat. You wouldn't like so you become, after you have really settled into becoming, air quotes, pet people, you become very good at determining what is a vet visit thing. 
And like recently, Asa and I made a mistake. And we, I, more I, was not a good amateur vet. And rather than just taking our dog and cat to a rabies clinic and getting them a rabies shot because that's what they needed, we went to a vet and I said yes to every fucking shot they they asked me about. And that was just bad pet people amateur veterinarianing. Like, yes. Ideally, you would give your animals every vaccination they they can have. And if you have one animal, that's that is still fiscally responsible and you're being a good pet owner. But when you're practically running a cat shelter, you can't do that. You have to you have to be fiscally responsible. And like and so there's that and I have I have and like but you also become pretty good at diagnosing your own animals and like they're and like this is this is another gray area because like pet lovers are going to be like what the fuck are you doing you're not trained well that's the thing owning so many pets you kind of you train but through experience and you learn what is something you need to run to the vet about and trust me we take our animals to the vet when they have to go But if they're just going to be like, give them some Tylenol, now pay us $50, we can do that on our own. Like, recently this summer, we had a a streak of like six or seven days where it was in the high 90s. And uh, uh, one of our two older cats uh, had, he had heat stroke, I believe. And he started panting, which is something cats don't frequently do. And he started vomiting white foam. And we... I mean, oh shit. What do you do? But you you go into amateur veterinarian mode. And Aislinn... I I watched my daughter and Aislinn went into amateur vet mode. And was like, alright, let's do this. And she took him upstairs, she got on Google, she searched symptoms, um, she got several options, she she eliminated, like, you become very good at, like, WebMDing your pets, and I know that's that's a negative term, but you don't jump on the worst thing. Like, being a good pet owner slash amateur veterinarian, you, you know that, like, it's probably not super cancer. There are other signs you would have seen. So, you you know, you look at the conditions and you're like, oh, this is most likely heat exhaustion. He needs to be hydrated. So, Aislinn took an eyedropper and force-fed him water because he didn't want to drink. And he's fucking fine. He, um, he was rough for a couple days. But right now he's as cantankerous and cranky and lively and healthy as he was the day before. Um, Aislinn genuinely saved that cat's life. And it was, you know, she she played amateur vet. And I have too. Um, I've given snakes medication. I have... You know, and, or it's just... Or, like, you basically, you're like... You look at the animal and you, diag- and you can diagnose... And also, 
and like people will take their animals to the vets to get ticks removed and things like that. We don't get, we don't have that's that is fiscally irresponsible. You grab tweezers, but a boom, you get them out, get them out, and that's the way it is. So I and I find it funny because I wanted to be a veterinarian. That's what I wanted to do before I was a became a graphic designer slash web designer and. It's funny because I often say you need to more do you need more than just a love of animals to be a veterinarian, but it's turned out through my love of animals to a fault. Love of animals, I've kind of become a little, uh, my own little amateur veterinarian, and that's more. You become pretty adept at knowing if something is serious. If knowing is something is, oh shit, we gotta take them to a vet now, or being like, mm, let's give it a few hours, see if it gets worse. Um, if it doesn't get worse in a few hours, we'll give it a day. If it doesn't get worse in a day, dog will be fine. Cat will be fine. And it's often, it's often, that's exactly what it is, because guess what? Just like humans, animals have an immune system and things like that, and they get sick. And um, just like humans, they often can just wait it out, and then it'll be fine. Um, another kind of side effect of being, quote, pet people and, quote, amateur veterinarians is you get almost a sixth sense of pet mortality. There are... Besides when an animal, like, is killed, in some cases by the other pets, a la Simon the Hamster, may he rest in peace. Uh, Poor Simon, the only nice hamster I ever knew. Got out of his cage, got into the ferret cage, and stole their food, and, well, he was little more than a uh, toy to them. And turns out hamsters don't handle well when four ferrets decide to play with them. That was a sad day. But, besides Simon the hamster, and a few other earlier pets, pet death has not been surprising. It's like, there's just an, a feeling you get that I have only ever been wrong once with. Which was, you, like, and you can tell, often it's an older pet, and they're just not acting right. And, and like, this, it comes from having a connection with your pets and really caring about them but like to the point where you can notice little seemingly insignificant behavior changes and you're just like something is up with the pet and you're just like hmm 
and like I just it's this a sense of well this is it we've got under 24 hours and they're gone and um, sometimes this has led to us taking them to the vet to have them put down because you don't want to be wrong and have it last a week where they're just barely eating and starving to death because they just don't have the will to live anymore. But other times, it's just like, oh, they're going. Like, they're on their way out. Which is something unfortunate about ferrets is uh, cats, cats also, dogs tend to age a li- little more visibly. But cats and ferrets... Um, being similar predators in the wild tend to really mask any old age or pain very well until it is too much. And like one day, your cat who was just jumping up on the counter and being spry the day before is just rough, is just in rough shape. Or ferret, which happened most recently with our ferret Boris. Just one day, oh, oh boy, oh buddy, what's up? Something is wrong. And they're gone within 12 to 24 hours. And the one time I was wrong, the one time where I was like, oh, oh, they're gone, was the time I had mentioned when... uh, Chester, our older male cat, had heat stroke. Um, I saw him panting and vomiting white foam, and I was like, oh, he's gone. And my wife, she, she said, God damn it, no. I'm going to hydrate this motherfucker, even if he doesn't have his will on his own to do so and uh she pulled him out she pulled him out of this spiral and uh that kind of made me reassess like oh maybe i gave up too soon on old chester so because i mean it wasn't like he lacked the will to live he just got way too hot and his brain was probably cooking and but like we're probably a couple, we're a couple, a month or two away from the incident, and he's like nothing ever happened. So, yeah, oh, I'm at work. Hopefully, this was an interesting episode. Hmm. Here's hoping today doesn't suck. Hmm. See you guys Friday. Let's hope I'd be in a good mood on Friday also. This has been Jeff in Motion. Have a good week.